Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Let's drop down the verse 8, and let's talk today about guidelines for meditation. Praise the Lord. Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask as we go into your word that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scripture so that we can understand them and apply them to our lives today. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and we all agree and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, today let's talk a little bit about biblical meditation. Verse 8 of Joshua chapter 1, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. In the church today, if you mention the word meditation, you'll have a lot of Christians that get, they get nervous because the only thing that they know about meditation, because they don't know their Bibles very well, the only thing that they would know about meditation is something like New Age, or maybe a, you know, like an Indian guru or something like that, or something from the, the Asian culture where they're, you know, tying into Buddhism and things like that with meditation where, you know, some kind of a Buddhist monk sitting out on a rock all day, quote, meditating. So when you, from a biblical standpoint, begin to talk about meditation, a lot of people get these warning bells because that's what comes to their mind, and they actually don't know how to biblically meditate. And so we need to talk about that today because it's a vital part of the Christian life. And without biblical meditation, you're never going to really know the Bible. And you're never really going to be able to know the heart of God or what He's really like. Praise God. Because the Lord and His Word are one. The more you know the Word and that Word as being unveiled by the Holy Spirit, the more you're going to know who God is, what He's like, His personality. And uh, I would even go so far to say his mood. There is a place you can get real close to the Lord, just like John, who one of the 12 apostles, but John, the youngest of all of them. But he was so close to the Lord. Think about, think about this. He was so close to the Lord that while eating, he could lean against Jesus and put his head on his chest. That is uh that's rare. You hardly see that in any type of culture today, no matter where you travel out in the world, where there is uh, such a deep friendship like that. Well, of course, it was more than a friendship. John knew that Jesus was the Savior, was the Messiah. And so there was also worship there. But my friends, what, a, what an amazing relationship. So we want to just not have knowledge of the Bible. We do want to have knowledge, but that's not, you know, knowledge can puff up. You want to be careful about that. Uh, it, this is not about just fact gathering. But we really want to know the Lord as the person that He is. And it's very important to meditate because you can read through the Bible and if you read through it, don't meditate it, don't study it, don't, you never get, really get a sense of what's being said. You can just read things from a topical perspective and go off and do some major misteaching. Because there's some things that if you just read through the Bible and you take it, maybe not understanding the culture in which it was spoken, maybe not understanding who it was spoken to. And, and if you take all of these things out of context and you just read and 
throw these things out there, you can really uh, be misled and you can mislead others. Praise God. I do believe that's why uh, the admonition in the New Testament, let not many of you be teachers, because those who are teachers, including myself, will incur a stricter judgment. And uh, these are things that we want to be careful about. We really want to meditate on the Word, and we, we also want to move into a place with meditation, which this is what it'll do. You want to move into a place where you're not just always trying to explain things to people, but it's more of a demonstration. And I think that's what people are looking for, not just another explanation. They really want to know, is it working in your life? If you proclaim that Jesus is the deliverer, then why, why do you have a pack of cigarettes right there? If Jesus is such a great deliverer that you, that you boast of and proclaim, then how come he can't set you free from the cigarettes? Well, of course, the Lord can. <laughs> but a lot of times, even his own messengers, even his, uh, those that would speak on behalf of his greatness and his goodness, they are not really actually demonstrating it. Do you see what I'm saying? So we not only want to explain it and uh, talk about how great God is, we really want to be able to be a mirror so that when they look at us or read our life, they can see the Lord. In other words, we can be that living epistle because they may never pick the Bible up until they see somebody who actually lives it, not who talks about it but who actually lives it. And if you, you really want to live it, you're, you're going to have to meditate. It's one of the major things in the, in, the, in the Word of God that is one of the staples of our spiritual walk. Praise God. So when we're talking about meditation, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, like, like some kind of a monk sitting on a rock, you know, out getting, getting, getting his head sunburned and just sitting out there all day and, you know, all night and mosquitoes landing on him and he doesn't swat the mosquitoes and he ends up dying of malaria, stuff like that. I'm not talking about things like that. <laughs> We're talking about biblical meditation. Now, see, anytime you have a genuine, you're going to have the counterfeit. Anytime you have a, a, a real $20 bill, like we do in America, you have all these counterfeits that can be out there. But nobody's ever going to counterfeit a $3 bill. There's no $3 bills that are out there being, uh, you know, created by counterfeiters because there's no genuine one. So we thank God for the real. We thank God for real meditation. You know, the thing with these Eastern meditations, uh, Eastern mysticism and things like that, it, you know, or, you know, reaching a state or nirvana or whatever it might be, it really comes down to, quote, emptying yourself, emptying your mind of everything, which is exactly what the Bible says don't do. You know, just completely emptying yourselves. What they're, what they're doing is they're emptying themselves so that they can be filled with spirits. Now, if you get deeper into those various religions, you'll begin to discover that. And, uh, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of world religions that appear peaceful, uh, and maybe they can stay a little bit smooth, but I tell you what, you'll find out just how peaceful they are when you start preaching the gospel in their village. You'll find out these so-called peaceful religions are not very peaceful, not at all, not by any means. I know there was one certain group um, spoken of. I'll, I'll go and say it. I think it's okay. The Hindus. People say Hindu Hinduism is a peaceful religion. <laughs> well, it was the, it was the Hindus that killed uh, the apostle the apostle Thomas. And uh, you'll find out how peaceful they are if you preach the gospel in their village. You'll find out maybe they're not quite so peaceful after all. See, there's there's only there's only two masters. It's either the Lord or Satan. You're either you're either under the the mastership. And the lordship of Jesus, or you're under the mastership and the lordship of Satan. There's, there's no other camps. It's either darkness or light.
praise God. And so those who are in the darkness, that darkness will come out. So maybe they do it behind the scenes. Maybe they're not so vocal about it. Maybe, they, but I tell you what, there's a lot of there's a lot of things done in the name of their so-called peaceful religions that are very very evil. I have a dear friend of mine. He's younger than me. He's, he's like a spiritual son in a sense. He's from India, and when he came to America, he was just like. He was just going through the mill. It was very difficult transition for here uh, for him. Uh, but his fiance, uh, she brought him to our our ministry office. And when he came to our office and he sat in a chair, the peace of God just overwhelmed him and came all over him. And he knew he was going to be okay. Then he began to get a job, and you know he married his fiance. They began to get established, and things began to come together. But you know he came out of a. Um, uh, a background of one of these particular religions where the holy man, so-called holy man, who was very famous in this certain country. I won't, I won't say the name because there's millions of people that worship this guy. He was, he was called a so-called living avatar. In other words, a God on the earth. And he was uh, not just adored. He was worshiped as a, uh, as a type of a God by these people in this certain country. Millions of people worshiped him. And uh, this guy could do some, some serious miracles. Now they were all being done through occult powers, but he could he could do miracles in front of cameras and stuff like that. And uh, but he was operating under occult power. Uh, but this dear brother of mine, this young man, he uh, he was kidnapped, and he found himself in this cave. Uh, that's where the kidnappers took him to. We're going to get, jump into the meditation. I haven't forgotten where we're going today. I just kind of want to, I, I want to make it very clear. Biblical meditation is very different from these forms of meditation that are out there in the world, from these false religions that lead people to hell. Praise the Lord. There, there's, there's not multiple paths to heaven. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only mediator. Okay, between man and between God. There's no other way. There's no other path except through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, uh, my friend was captured. He was kidnapped from his family. His daddy was a pastor. So Satan had these evil men kidnap him. And he's a teenager. He's taken to this cave because these people were Satanists and they wanted to sacrifice uh, a pastor's a pastor's son. Well, there was another person in the cave. Also, it was a young girl, and she was the she was the daughter of some missionaries. She had been kidnapped also, and she was in that cave as well. And. Uh, they were in the cave wondering what was going to go on, and there was a wall on the other side. Uh, it was like rock, but it turned, and when it turned, uh, that man that all of these millions of people worship was actually sitting on a throne, and he had a secret compartment in this, uh, this place where he stayed at, and it would turn, and it would take him into this secret torture room, and when he turned into that room, then they began that satanic service and they actually beheaded it the teenage girl and that was the first part of the service and they were going to come back later and they were going to be hid uh, my friend and uh, but he was he was able to escape an angel came and helped him escape and I'm not sure why the other girl didn't have a deliverance but he escaped and uh, he told this amazing story, but it was later. It was later, even in this nation, where this so-called living avatar, this so-called God, a lot of people began to question him towards the latter part of his life, and he was really exposed as being a pervert 
and had all kinds of sins and uh, all this stuff of being holy and, you know, being God on the earth. Uh, a lot of people really were just left with a bad taste who had worshipped him for decades. Well, the truth be told, he was a murderer. He was a pervert. And he was a liar. He, he had all he had all the qualities of his father, Satan. So, um, you know, very, very interesting, these things. So watch out for these false religions. There's only one way to heaven, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody on the planet has a sin problem. And the only one who could do anything about it was Jesus Christ, the only sinless man to ever live. And uh, all of these wannabes who are fakes and false, false Christ. You know, they're out there, but just I'm just saying it again. There is no other way to get to God except through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, praise the Lord. All right, so stay away from the fake, stay away from the false, stay away from all of these uh, New Age forms of meditation. All that stuff will do is get you demon-possessed. And I say it with no compromises. That is absolutely 100% the truth. Praise the Lord. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law, in other words, you can look at it from a new covenant perspective, the Word of God, okay, the Bible, your B-I-B-L-E, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Well, you're going to need to keep it in your mouth, and you're going to need to speak it out, and this is just all part of walking the walk, praise the Lord. A lot of people can quote, you know, uh, you know famous politicians or famous Hollywood movie stars and all this baloney. They can quote all these things, but you try to bring them up, you, you try to get them to quote a scripture. <laughs> they can hardly think of any scriptures. You know, it seems like they, they only usually just come up with few, but like a few uh, scriptures, such as one, uh, you know, like Paul telling Timothy to drink a little wine for his stomach. For some reason, they can always quote that one. <laughs> Because they all want to drink. The, the, those that are really, you know, like trying to live just as loose as they can without really serving the Lord. Just do as little for the Lord as they can while still enjoying the world as much as they can while still hoping to go to heaven. They, they always are able to somehow pull up a few vague scriptures, usually out of context, that uh, would back up their, their loose way of living. Although, of course, they certainly don't have a stomach problem. But on we go. Now, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now, if you don't meditate on it, then you're going you're gonna to be very forgetful about what's in it. And so this is your guidebook for life. This is your roadmap for life. This is your instruction manual for living. And you need to read it, and not just read it, but also meditate on it so that it sticks and that you have recall and recollection of it. Now, I do think that there is a place for memorization of Scripture. But I think it's better to meditate on what the Holy Spirit is unveiling to you or drawing your hunger towards. Because when you meditate on that, it goes in real, real deep into your spirit. And yes, it goes through your mind, and it helps to wash and renew your mind. But when you meditate, it goes down into your spirit, and it sticks and it's not like you're just trying to memorize facts, just like in school. Maybe sometimes in order to pass a test, you're memorizing material and knowledge that you have absolutely no interest in. And after you pass the test, you could care less if you never remember it or recall it ever again, why you have no interest in it. But with the Word of God, when, when the Holy Spirit is causing the Word to be illuminated and you're just feasting and feeding on it, now when you meditate on that... Those are things you'll never forget. They'll be with you always, praise God, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, 
for then for then in other words when we do our part after we do these things for then you will make your way prosperous that's something that we all want and we don't back off from the scriptures just because of fads or or or, or this or that but God wants you to be prosperous that is in the Bible praise the Lord if somebody doesn't agree with that they don't agree with the Bible I'm sticking with God's Word and then you will make your way prosperous then you will have good success so to be prosperous and to have good success is a God thing and you don't have to cheat you don't have to lie you don't have to defraud people in order to get there you can live right you can be ethical you can be morally upright you can serve the Lord love the Lord be full of the joy of the Lord and prosper and have good success hallelujah you don't have to compromise you don't have to do backroom deals you don't have to accept bribes you don't have to do all that stuff when you have a covenant with God your days of being a compromiser are over because the covenant is what establishes you for true success and God will lift you up praise God God will lift you up hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus isn't it nice to know that you don't have to do all that baloney all of that cheating and all of that, you know, uh, backroom deals and things that people do sometimes, you know, behind the scenes payoffs and stuff like that. Isn't it nice to know that you don't have to do all that stuff that so many others do? They, they degrade themselves. They dishonor themselves in doing it. They belittle themselves in doing it. Why? They think that's the only way you can reach the top. Well, if you don't have a covenant with God, maybe it is because out there in the world, it's a dog-eat-dog type world. And it's competition. In some areas, it can be cutthroat competition but when you have the Lord in your life and you're walking with the Lord the Lord can raise you up regardless of where you're at regardless of what kingdom you're in Babylonian kingdom and Daniel still rose to the top he never compromised in any area Woo, thank you Lord Jesus nor did his associates Shadrach Meshach and Abednego no compromise no compromise glory to God and they still were elevated to the highest positions in the land Woo, thank you Lord Jesus all of these wealthy individuals in the Bible they weren't cheaters they weren't laughing at dirty jokes Job said he made a covenant with God with his eyes he had an agreement with God that he would have no funny business staring at women doing immoral things or behaving improperly and yet God lifted him up and blessed him hallelujah Thank you, Lord Jesus. You don't have to hobnob with people at the bar and drink drinks with them just because you want to be buddy-buddy with them, hoping that they'll maybe give you a deal or give you a promotion. You don't need to do stuff like that. You need to be hobnobbing with God. Hallelujah. Hanging out at the Holy Spirit bar, taking another drink. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. God help us. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Meditate in the Word of God day and night. Now, to, to meditate... To meditate is to softly mutter, to read it over and over. And sometimes it's not even necessarily to speak it out. But if you do speak it out, it's like you're reading that particular verse over real slow, real quiet, and you're meditating on it, and you're soaking it up, soaking it up, and the Holy Spirit begins to unveil it, begins to give application to, way, to the ways it can be applied to your life, and you're literally feeding on that. Now, let me say this, in the modern age in which we live, and I like, I like gadgets, I have, I have various gadgets, I, ha I, ha I have an iPhone, I like to use my iPhone, I've got a lot of uh, 
pages bookmarked for certain sites that I go to, Bible studies, commentaries, things like that that help me to understand the Hebrew, the Greek, or also, uh, you know, other commentaries on what certain ministers, their view on certain scriptures would be. Uh, and so I like my iPhone, and I've got a lot of uh, links to various translations maybe 30 or 40 different translations of the Bible that I can go to and see expanded commentary, whether it's the Amplified Bible, the, the Weist New, Tra- uh, New Testament translation, which is fantastic, or, or others. I want access to all of that. Phillips translations, and on and on it goes. So it's good to have access to all of that. And, I, and so I use that stuff on my phone. I also have an iPad. I think that the iPad is one of the greatest inventions ever. And so, I, you know, I like it the bigger and the better it can be because I like the big screen. But I like my iPad too because I love reading. And I can just take that iPad and I can read and read and read. And also, if, you know, if there's something you want to download and maybe the book is not at the bookstore, you, just, you can just purchase it online and you've got the book within like 30 seconds and you can start reading and studying. And so I love that aspect and I like all of that. But let me, let me say my friends that you need to also have books and when it comes to really needing God to come through for you make sure you have a Bible because I do believe there's going to be a day when perhaps all of the electronic means that we use you may not have access to it there is coming the day when, uh, according to the book of Revelation, that if you don't take that mark, you can't buy or sell. And if you can't buy or sell, you probably also can't get online. And if you, can't, if you don't have that mark, you can't buy or sell, you're probably not going to be able to get the latest software updates. And eventually stuff is not going to be working the way you want it to work. And, uh, you know, you might not be able to access all of that. But... But if you have a printed Bible, if you have books, then you could, you know what? It doesn't matter if you can't download it from the internet. You've already got it right here. And so I want to encourage you to always have a book. And I would encourage church members that when you go to church, you know, don't take, don't take your iPad. I mean, that's fine if you want to, but, but come on, take a Bible. I think a lot of the times the, re- the people don't carry a Bible is they're really embarrassed of it. Uh, well, I, I've got it on my phone. Well, a lot of times when people act like they're in church, you know, looking at their phone, maybe as if they're, you know, reading the verses, no, they're not reading verses or checking their emails in church. And so um, been there, done that, seen that. I, I know what's up with that. So it's just really good to bring a Bible. Praise the Lord. Bring your Bible. Pastor Stephen, I, I might feel weird bringing my Bible because nobody else brings their Bible. Well, that might, that might convey something of, you know, that maybe you should pray about. If nobody, you know, it's, it's very interesting. So don't be ashamed of your Bible. Don't be ashamed of your faith. Jesus said, you know, if you're ashamed of me, if you're ashamed of me on that day, I'll be ashamed of you. Talking about the day of, of judgment. Praise God. So don't be ashamed of your faith. Praise the Lord. Carry your Bible with you. Maybe somebody will even ask you what it is. Maybe they don't even know what it is. <laughs> I, was at, uh, I was at the front desk working at uh, I can't remember, uh, yeah, Ramada Hotel, right down the street from Disneyland, the Disneyland Ramada. Not the big one, but a smaller one, just right down the street, but a very, very busy one, as you can imagine, being so close to Disneyland. They're in California. Years back, and I had just gotten married to Kelly, and I'm working the night shift uh, from, I think it was from 11 at night 
to 8 o'clock in the morning. Long shift. I didn't like it, especially around 4 o'clock in the morning. But nevertheless, I was thankful for it. God was doing some wonderful miracles there. I was having a lot of fun. It was a special season in my life. But I'll never forget that while I was working the night shift, I had my Bible up on the the counter. And uh, I had left it there, not not all the time, but I had left it up there because on my breaks, I was going to take it and read it. And so, you know, being close to Disneyland, people are coming in from all over the world. So I had my Bible sitting there. And this one man, he and his wife had just, they had just come in from Germany. They were checking into the hotel and they were going to hit Disneyland first thing in the morning, as soon as it opened up. So the man from Germany said, what's that right there? What is that book? I said, that's a Bible. He said, I've, he said, I've always wondered about that thing called the Bible. He said, can you explain this thing to me called, called John three sixteen? He said, I've seen that phrase before, and I, I've never known what it meant. I said, well, yeah, let me tell you what that is. I'm checking him in, and I'm talking to him at the same time. John 3.16 talks about how, how God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him and puts their faith and trust in Him uh, would, not lost, would not be lost, would not perish, but would, ha- would have everlasting life. So I'm actually, uh, you know, just telling him the gospel message, and he is so into it that he's just, he's just, He's loving it. I said, I said, well, would you like to receive Jesus? And his wife said, no. <laughs> she spoke up. She, she knew he was on the ropes. He was about ready to accept the Lord. And uh, he's like caught between me and my wife. And uh, I said, you, you, would you like to receive the Lord? And she just piped in. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Maybe she thought it was going to ruin the Disneyland experience. But I've had all kinds of things happen just because, you know, I'm not ashamed to have a Bible in my hands. Praise the Lord. But my friends, here's what I what I want to get to about having the Bible as a book, because there's something different about that. First of all, if you have a Bible, you're going to learn the Bible a whole lot better, because you have to flip through it, find it, and you're going to learn what, what the books of the Old Testament are, you're going to learn what the books of the New Testament are, and your knowledge of the God, of God, excuse me, will grow faster because you're actually having to find it, okay? Now, this is what is very important about meditation. When you have a scripture that is being highlighted to you by the Holy Spirit, and you're meditating on that scripture, now remember, there are times when you really need that scripture. I mean, you're not just studying. That this, this needs to work for you, okay? Let's say you need healing, and you're sick, and something's wrong with your body, and it, this is not a light situation. Maybe it's a heavy situation. Maybe it's life and death. Or maybe it's the difference between excruciating pain and being uh, free from disease. Because disease is dis-ease. It means that ease has left your life. And nobody wants to be in dis-ease. So you, you really need this to work for you. Well, this is why it's important to have the Bible as a book. Find that scripture. Let's say it's a healing scripture. And let's say that the main scripture that the Holy Spirit is highlighting would be from uh, the Old Testament where the Lord's name is revealed as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who is your healer, the Lord God who healeth thee, as it says in the King James Version. Okay, what you want to do is you want to find that scripture, you want to read it, begin to meditate on it. The Lord God is my healer. Hmm, that's one of the names of God. Hmm, the more you meditate on it, the more you realize. I don't think God's ever changed His name. Oh, and the more you meditate on it, you begin to think, well, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever, okay, He's still the Lord God who heals me. And so, okay, so all that is a part of meditating, the Word, meditation upon the Scripture. But my friends, put your hand on that Scripture. Put your hand on it. Yes, physically, literally. Reach out. Touch it. 
Feel it. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor Stephen, it's just ink on paper. I know it is in a sense, but it's still, it's the living word. Touch it. Be able to see it with your eyes, not on a, not on a tablet, not on a PC, not, not, not on something that's electronic. Touch it. Put your finger on it. Look at it. Be able to see it. And just, just stay there with it. I tell you, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. It's, it's, it's as if the anointing of the living word is flowing into you as you touch it. It's flowing into you. Well, Pastor Steve, I need a point of contact. I need a point of contact. Oh, okay, good. Put your hand on it. Let that be your point of contact. Rest your hand literally on that scripture and let that scripture minister to you. Let it minister to you. And then just speak it over softly. The Lord God is my healer. The Lord God is my healer. He takes away all my sicknesses. He removes all sickness from me. Woo! Hallelujah. Then maybe you move over to Isaiah 53. By his stripes we were healed. And then maybe you move over the, to uh, what Peter talked about in his epistle. Uh, chapter 2, verse 24. By his stripes you were healed. Whereas as Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we are healed. So Peter, looking back from the cross, basically saying, it's been done. And you just meditate on that. Put your hand on those scriptures. Look physically, visually at those scriptures. Woo! Hallelujah. Speak them out softly. Meditate on them. Chew on them. Glory to God. Uh, in the Hebrew, there is the word picture of the cow, where the cow chews the cud. Now, I grew up on a farm, so I saw that all the time. Just a cow chews the grass, and uh, chews it up, and swallows it. And then later, uh, because there's multiple stomach compartments, brings it back up again, chews it some more, extracting all the nutrition out of it, swallows it, brings it back up again, chews it some more. And you know, a cow can just chew on the cud all day long. Praise God. That is a type of biblical scripture meditation. Praise God. And we are told that if we want to have a prosperous life, who doesn't, right? Everybody wants to do well in life. Praise God. And if you want to have good success, this is how you do it. You have to get to a point where the word begins to saturate your mind and your spirit. Woo! Hallelujah. Not, not so much vast, you know, chapters engulfed, although there's a time when you're just reading it. It's all so good. You're just, you are consuming it like at a buffet and you're really hungry. But there's other times where you meditate and it's just a few. The few of the scriptures are so loaded. They're so powerful that you're just meditating, meditate. And even, even after you finish your devotional time and you leave and you go about your day, you can still chew the cud. You can still meditate on those scriptures and you can pray in the Spirit over those scriptures, praise God. And that's what I do in meditating, particularly scriptures that, that um, as the Apostle Peter said, he said, there are some things that Paul wrote that are difficult to understand, and men with unstable ways and, and, you know, crooked ways of thinking, they'll take it and distort it and false teach it and wrongly teach it. So there are things in the scriptures that you need to work your way slowly through. Woo! Oh, slowly through. Mm. Hallelujah. And that's part, that is part of meditation. So just pray over it. Pray in the Spirit. You know, however your tongues come out. And just, you know, you're meditating. And you just begin to chew on that, chew on that. And you're, you're beginning to receive the nourishment of that, of that Word. Whoa, this is the eternal Word of God. It will work for you. It will work for you. So you put it in your mouth. You meditate in it day and night, day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So we want to be hearers of the Word, and we want to be doers of the Word. We want to observe it. In other words, we don't want to just say, oh, I know what to do. We want to actually 
know it and then do it. Woo. Well, Pastor Stephen, the truth shall set you free. Well, it's the applied truth. Yes, you need to know the truth, because if you don't know the truth, well, you're in the dark, because the truth is the light. But it's not just knowing it. Now you have to make application of that truth. And as you do, oh, you'll see it'll work. Oh, it, will it ever? Praise the Lord. But my friends, meditation is very, very important. These are just some major um, guidelines there that we could break it down in the smaller areas. But um, in essence, just go over it slowly, chew on it, uh, pray in the Spirit, speak it out softly, think about it, and watch. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Now remember, concerning the Holy Spirit, Jesus said He will teach you concerning all things, A-L-L, all things. And there are times when I've had the Holy Spirit share some things with me that I knew it wasn't unbiblical, but it did, it did have, it did straighten out my theology in some areas. Because you can be real hard, you can be real dogmatic, and you can really slam the hammer down on people and judge and be like judgmental and stuff like that. But then when it happens to your life, suddenly you're like, uh, oh Lord, uh, please don't treat me the way I treated them. You're suddenly looking for mercy. <laughs> and then as you meditate, you begin to discover the heart of God. And yes, while you do want to obey Scripture, sometimes you'll begin to understand the Holy Spirit will teach you, you have misinterpreted former Scriptures and you know what? You need, to, you need to be careful, and you need to understand the meaning of the Scripture. I remember one time that when I belonged to a certain church, uh, a very good church, and this church was, was Pentecostal, old-line old Pentecostal, and they actually ordained women uh, in the church, which I fully agree with now, totally, totally agree, because I see, I, I mean, I just see it as clear as day that just as God can call a man into the ministry, God can call a woman into the ministry. But, you know, I, I used to kind of believe that, and I was in the Spirit-filled church, then a, then a strong Pentecostal church, and they believed that. But one day, while listening to the radio, still being young in, in, in Pentecost, as we would say, I'd only been baptized in the Holy Spirit for like a year and a half, so I was still kind of like, uh, you know, um, I was still really growing, really learning. I, I just knew enough to be dangerous. <laughs> dangerous sometimes to myself, sometimes to the devil, sometimes to myself. And, and so I had thought that, sure, God, God can call a, call a lady into the ministry just as sure enough as He could call a man into the ministry. But one day I was listening to the radio, the local Christian radio station, and there was one of those evangelical pastors, and he didn't believe in Pentecost, didn't believe in tongues, didn't believe in miracles, didn't believe in basically half the Bible. But he did believe, he did believe that there is no place for women uh, in, in the ministry. And he quoted some scriptures, you know, from 1 Corinthians and things like that, that women are to be quiet. And uh, he just threw these verses out there, totally out of context, but he threw them out there. And I thought, wow, he's right. Yeah, yeah, women are supposed to sit in the church and never say anything. And, you know, of course, now looking back on that, I think, oh, uh, how dumb. Because you have to understand culture. You'll never understand this Bible if you don't understand who the writer was and who he was writing to. And you need to understand that the Old Testament was written to the Jews. And if you don't understand a Jewish mentality or a Middle Eastern mentality, there'll be a lot of things that'll just go right over your head. And the same thing with Paul writing in New Testament Greek and working in that culture of the world. If you don't have a little bit of an understanding of that, there's some other things things that go whoosh, right over your head. And now when I look at those scriptures, I laugh because I, I understand them so well, because I've been in other parts of the world 
where, well, well I'll give you an example, like in India, they, they, in some Indian churches, particularly in South India, uh, in this one church I was in had several thousand members, but all the men sit on one side, and all the women sit on the other side. And Paul was basically saying women are not allowed to speak in the church, because what was happening while Paul was preaching uh, would be one of the women would, would, uh, shout out to her husband on the other side of the, you know, of the, of the building and say, Hey, what did he just say? What did the preacher just say? I don't understand what he's saying. And Paul's like, no, they, they just sit there and be quiet. Well, anyhow, all these things are cultural. And when you begin to understand them, it's very, very simple. But, you know, having heard that preacher on ra- on the radio saying, this is why God would never call women into the ministry. And all these women that are so-called women in ministry, they're all going to go to hell. Because they're all greatly disobedient to the Lord. Well, I heard that, and I thought, well, he, he must be an expert. Maybe be careful about the experts. An ex as it has been, a spurt is a drip on the pressure. That's what they say. Be careful about the experts, about the so-called theologians who have high degrees. Now, I think that's very honorable to have high degrees. And I think it's that God leads certain people into that realm of theology. But you could have a whole lot of head knowledge, and uh, really, you can be clueless when it comes to the guidance of the Holy Spirit who unveils true doctrine. Well, I went back to my, uh, uh, to my church, and one of the ladies there, uh, she wanted uh, me to go to dinner with her and one of her friends. You know, I was single at that time, and I said, well, sure. You know, she was an older lady, and they called her evangelist so-and-so. And uh, as we were sitting there uh, talking, she said, you know, Brother Stephen, I really believe that the Lord... Uh, he's starting to open up some new doors for my ministry, and I'm very thankful for, about that. And uh, she, she was even trying to prophesy to me, and she was saying, I, you know, I see that God has some things for you too for ministry, and He's going to bless you as well. And uh, I said, Sister, now you just need to understand God doesn't use women in ministry. And she got quiet, and uh, she didn't argue or anything. She probably just thought, he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And, uh, but I, I just kind of like laid into her with what I'd heard the preacher on the radio say, that God doesn't use women in the church, and God tells women in the church to sit down and shut up. And, uh, you know, God would never call a woman in the ministry. And I just said, that's the way it is. And she just kind of smiled and didn't say anything. And, of course, she, you know, she's busy in ministry today, preaching and things like that. But, um, but, you know, be careful with things. Meditate on Scripture. Know the Word and know the heart of God. Know what God is like. Woo! Hallelujah. Or you can just run off with all kinds of crazy things. Praise the Lord. And there's a lot of voices out there in the, in the church. Praise God. So we want to meditate on the Scripture, and you'll be so blessed. You'll know the Word. You'll be so happy. But you'll know the heart of God, and you'll, you'll know more of who God is, what He's like. And I want to come back to this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And the Holy Spirit can speak things to you that your head doesn't know. And He's done that to me, and He's done that with some of the greatest ministers in the world. And when the Holy Spirit talks, let me just tell you right now, He knows what He's talking about, and He's always right. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit, and it's often like a voice, an inward voice. I'm not talking about the voice of your conscience, okay, which is the voice of your spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit speaking on the inside of you. It is absolutely amazing what He can say sometimes to help you understand Scripture, to help you understand people, maybe to help you to understand the situation. But He will lead you into all truth, and He will unveil Jesus to you. So while I'm into, you know, you know, what you know, we can do with our minds and our brains and stuff like that, and I'm very aware of that. We want to develop that. I'm also aware that without the help of the Holy Spirit, um, 
we're not going to get very far. We're not going to get very far because he was the one that anointed these men to write these 66 books. They wrote under the anointing and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so while you're meditating, while you're meditating, trust the Holy Spirit to guide you. And so sometimes you're meditating, you're enjoying this verse, and then another verse just kind of floats up. That's the Holy Spirit helping you. Go to that verse and begin to meditate that verse. And sometimes He might take you on a five-verse journey, uh, journey in your devotional time for the day. And just let Him lead you. And then other things start coming up. And it's just amazing. He'll, he'll teach you. And He'll teach you about all things. So we really do need to be reliant upon the Holy Spirit because He is the Spirit of Truth. And He makes these, t- these sessions of meditation not dry, not boring, but so living and so real. And this is what's amazing. I've had, I can't even begin to name the, the times where I would be led by the Holy Spirit. I just would have a desire to meditate on certain scriptures. And so I would meditate on those in the morning and then walk into the day. And then people would ask me questions about the very thing I had meditated on, having no idea that I'd been meditating on that and studying that. So, so they, you know, I would start speaking on it and expounding on it. And they're, they're just thinking, you know, uh, I've had a few people tell me like, what do you like? Do you know, like, do you know the whole Bible? I mean, how can I, how can we ask you a question and just, you just start rattling off all of this, you know, knowledge and such deep information. They have no idea that the Holy Spirit has already prepped me, has already got me ready. And I had that happen to me many times also with a former pastor who would really be in the Word. And I would show up uh, at his office just to ask him questions about the Bible. And I could ask him some of the most bizarre questions. And he just would just start not just explaining them, but going deep. And I'm just like, I would stop sometimes and say, now hold on a minute, this is a really vague question. How could, like one time I asked him about the myrtle tree, because I had read something about the myrtle tree, and I said, I said, Pastor, can you explain it to me, uh, the prophetic significance of the myrtle tree? And he just launches into this heavy revelatory thing about the myrtle tree. And I, I'm like, how can you know so much about a myrtle tree? I mean, the Bible's got so much content, so how can you just go so deep? Well, he said, well, you know, this morning the Holy Spirit had me study the myrtle tree, and I just studied it, you know, for quite, quite a long time and meditated on it. And so um, I had no idea you were going to ask me about that. But see the Holy Spirit knows and you can be like that too so be very sensitive to where he's leading you the scriptures that he brings up for your healing for your success for your prosperity for well-being in every facet of your life because we cannot live without him successfully it's impossible you're not going to be able to make it very far in life without the Holy Spirit he but with his help he will illuminate the scriptures and he'll lead you closer to the Lord and you'll find yourself leaning your head on the Lord's chest Catching that heartbeat of God, catching the the thoughts of God. And uh, this is just how God wants it to be. He wants it to be very, very real and very personal. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I pray for everybody that's watching today that they be very sensitive to your Holy Spirit as they meditate, because your Holy Spirit will lead them deeper into the unveiling of the Scriptures through biblical and scriptural meditation. Father, we thank you. We receive the help of the Holy Spirit by faith with much joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Perhaps you're watching today and you think, uh, Pastor Stephen, this stuff about the Holy Spirit is pretty cool. I wouldn't mind getting uh, plugged into that. My friends, it all begins with receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you have a desire to know Christ or to know the Holy Spirit, that would be the Holy Spirit already working on your heart. So my friends, it's very easy. If you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've never done so, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. I ask you to wash all of my sins away. 
I repent of my sins. I turn from them. And I turn to you. Now, Lord, take my life. I give it to you now. Write my name in your book of life. I accept you. I receive you now as my Savior and my Lord. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. Praise God. My friends, everybody who belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, let's take communion right now. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are instructed in your word to take communion. And so, Father God, we thank you for we thank you for the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bless this, this bread and juice. This is now the flesh and the blood of our Savior. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you for his word, his promises. We believe all of it, all of it, we believe. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise. We now receive the body of Jesus in faith. Amen. Let's partake together. Lord, we praise you today. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus washing all of our sins away. We thank you, Father God, that we have right standing with you through your Son, that we have become his righteousness because of our relationship in him. Woo! Thank you, Father God. Thank you for Jesus. Now, Father, may we lean our heads on his chest. And may we hear your heart's desire. We give you praise. We thank you for a close walk with you. We thank you for deep meditation of your word. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My friends, thanks for watching today. Jump into the word. Find those scriptures that are, that are alive and living. Meditate on them and watch the strength, the life, the energy, the healing, the power, the joy of the Lord flush and rush right into your life. You'll be so blessed. I'll see you back 